go! The Mad Handle Woo! Podcast, back at it. What's up, boys? It's so up, good Kev? to be back. Good to be back, right? We took a little hiatus, but uh, we're back. Sorry I cut you off on the intro there, Kev. Unbelievable. First time back, it's like we've never done it before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, lot, lots of things going on. Some good, some bad, some pretty strange. Um, I do feel like the first thing we should uh, take a, <clears throat> a run into is probably that MVP, Giannis, and all that voting. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, Charlie, I'll kick it over to you to, to start this one off. Yeah, I feel like this is one of the fiercest debates amongst like the true NBA heads as to like who should have really been the MVP this year. You know, I mean, I think the argument for both sides is LeBron is obviously such an integral part to the success of the Lakers thinking about they didn't make the playoffs last year all the way to the Western Conference Finals now. But then you also have LeBron or Giannis, who is statistically way better than LeBron this year in points, rebounds and blocks. So you understand why he was awarded it, but it's tough to see them go out so early and him still collect the award. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Am I crazy? I, I'm like, why was this even debated? Like, I, I understand everything you just said, Charlie, but like the, the, like they came out and they were like, okay, this is the MVP of the regular season, pre-bubble, yeah. no playoffs, all that stuff. It's like LeBron's stats aren't where Giannis's were. Like it, like Giannis had a, a better season. Did he get bitched out and go home early? Yes. Separate combo though. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really like Giannis. Like, he's a great player. He's I kind of feel like he's a stat stuffer, but like just can't. Ooh. Like, ooh. I don't know. He like, can't shoot the outside three. He can't shoot. He can't shoot the outside. I feel like, just like overall. So, I think you know, best player in the world. I think it's LeBron, um, MVP. Yeah, yeah. Giannis had the best numbers, but yeah, I, I don't know if anyone else was really in that conversation. I do feel like there should be some sort of like change within the award. Maybe like. How about just the whole season, right? The season plus playoffs. Like, who is the best player this year? And, like, account for all of that. And, like, do the award, you know, after the, the postseason's done. Uh, Charlie, interested to, to hear your feedback on that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think also, too, you know, it got rather screwed up this year, obviously, with COVID. You know, before, I think they were doing the NBA awards, like, late June. So they were kind of taking into account what was happening in the postseason. I know, obviously, they awarded it this year before, uh, you know, the, the season concluded. You know, I still, you know, easy back to your point, like, with Giannis and obviously being the better player, you know, I asked, like, this question – does adding another star in Milwaukee make that team that much better than what they are now? Like, I can't see any star that could potentially be available on the market right now going to that team and improving that team enough to win a title. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. That's, that's a good point. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to run through guys right now. I mean, he's not available, but first one that came to mind was Bradley Beal. He's like yeah. a better. He's like a better like Chris Middleton. Um, That's interesting. But yeah, you need like I think, like it's cute trying to play Giannis as like a point center and have him run the offense. But like, he's he's young Shaq. Like he needs his like guy on the wing or his point guard to guy who's going to throw him lobs and, and play make if he can do that too hell yeah but to have him be like the main guy you're responsible for it is tough so are we saying that the mvp giannis is not like a 1a player he's more like that 1b and he or are we just saying he needs a 1b kind of guy i think he needs a, a 1b Gotcha. So you're saying, like, game on the line, give Giannis the ball. He's that 1A. He's that alpha. Yeah, but, like, give it to him in the post or something. Like, I hate how he dribbles it at the three-point line and, like, tries to – I don't know. It's, it's weird. He, he plays a weird game. Charlie, what are you thinking, man? you think this guy's a 1A or is he more like a 1B? Yeah, easy. That's a great point, actually. Like, when you think about their offense, and especially what they were running this postseason, it was basically four guys standing around watching Giannis mm-hmm. dribble a basketball around for the shot clock. And yeah. that can't be a realistic offense, especially in the postseason, when you think about teams shrinking the rosters in terms of who they're playing, and they're maybe running out six or seven guys at most, and they're playing a lot more lockdown defense. You have to have a more sophisticated offense than what they were putting out there on the floor, especially this postseason. So I don't know whether that's a coach bud thing. You know, I know he's gotten coach of the year. Everybody's been so receptive to what he's done there, but like, I I wonder too, if he's just suffering from a little bit of like non-sophistication in that offense in terms of what they've been running. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As you were like easy, right. As you were talking about, and then Charlie, when you were just mentioning like, that sophistication of the offense and coach bud like that was joe johnson on the hawks remember like he would just he'd be getting that ball he'd be dribbling around all the players would be kind of waiting to see like what he would do and then like once playoff time came that offense stalled like it joe johnson had an outside shot (laughs) giannis doesn't have that yet so it's kind of like it's the same offense but yeah i don't know I, i i'm trying to think of like a player that you can like really bring in here and it might not be a player. It might actually be like maybe another coach, which would be kind of crazy to like <laughs> to dump the coach of the year. But easy. What are you thinking? And you think this is like a coach bud thing? I mean, I love it because I know you're anti coach bud. So yeah. any chance you can, you're coming in with that angle. I love it. Um <sighs> History, I mean, it's not good for Coach Bud. <laughs> he, yeah. he has shown that he can win a ton in the regular season, and then he doesn't play his guys enough minutes, he doesn't adapt, and his teams are out early every year. Um, this year is going to be big because I don't think Giannis signs a long-term deal until next year when he can. And yeah. they got to show that they could actually win in Milwaukee. So this is a big year. And just saying it, they got really good Greek food in Manhattan. <laughs> That's do. the pitch, baby. They do. They got good you can get 
any cuisine you want in Manhattan. I don't think they have that in Milwaukee, baby. So, quick thing. How do you guys say gyro? Do you guys say gyro or gyro? Coming home to service. <laughs> you tell us, Alexa. <laughs> yeah, that's... Oh, no. Gyro. Gyro, right? Is it any other way? Charlie, how do you say it? Okay, so this I thought was like the biggest debate ever from a point of contention. I've heard Eero pronounced like that, and then I've also heard gyro. I don't know. What is the correct term? I do feel like being from New York, it's gyro, but in other places, they say Eero. I don't know. I think it's pronounced one way, gyro. <laughs> That's just me. I've also heard the, I've also heard the real way is to eat it with a fried egg. I've heard that as well. Ooh! Whoa! I've never, I've never done that, but I would like that. Yeah, that sounds great. Ooh, a nice like runny egg on there would be nice. All right. <clears throat> All right. So, we're going from one player that got bounced early, Giannis, the MVP. Why don't we switch it over and talk about? Another team that got bounced, I think a little too early for their expectations, the Clippers. Charlie, what are you, what are you thinking about the Clippers? I mean, the first thing that stands out to me is Paul George in the, in the post-game press conference saying that this year wasn't really about winning a championship. What the fuck are you talking about? Your team just traded away every first-round pick that they could ever acquire for the next 20 years to get you and Kawhi together. This team is a win-now team, if nothing else. What are you talking about? You should yeah. be in the Western Conference Finals right now. I feel like it's kind of like what the Heat – remember when the Heat lost that first year? And they were like, oh, like the first year is not about winning a championship. No, it's because you lost and – that's why you're saying that. This yeah. year was about them winning. Yeah. Easy. What do you What do you think about the Clippers? I love it, and there's <laughs> so many storylines, dude. It's so good. Like, they come into the year like talking shit. Oh yeah, we're like, and they even like they said that they were like this year's all about winning a championship. That's what we're that's what we're focused on, and then they lose. But, like, it's a lot. Like, you think of, like, they had a ton of injuries. Then there yeah. was that report that, like, the guys were all tired at game seven and they were asking for subs. And it's like, you it's load ma seven, manage. Eight. It's game seven. You load manage your guys all year. Lou Williams goes to a strip club for wings. He can't come back in shape. Montrez Harrell sucks, wins sixth <laughs> player of the year, but can't play in the bubble. Like, playoff P. Just like, ah, oh, there's so many angles, man. I love it. But I love that Jokic, baby, comes through. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. And, like, we'll get to them later. But I think a big point that I think is being missed with, like, the whole Clippers thing is, like, they brought Kawhi in here, right? Like, they were like, all right, we're getting, the like, their quote-unquote best player in the world. Like, this guy – off like an MVP type season, playoff MVP, won a championship. And I think we're forgetting that it's hard for a team to be like hunted all season 
rather than be like the hunter, like the underdog where like expectations are not as high as if like you were going in to win a championship. And I think that kind of bit them in the butt here because like they did not – like Paul George did not show up for like almost any playoff game. Kawhi did enough, but like easy. Like you said, like these players were all asking to like get like some minutes to on the bench for like game seven. Like you can't do that. Not in game seven. Yo, but, and no, nobody wanted to shoot. They were like passing the ball back and forth in that final fourth quarter. Like, dude, it was bad. They, they were done. It reminds me of, it reminds me of like when the Rockets like would just like lose game six or seven, like the past few years. Where yep. like they just completely shit the bed. Yep. Charlie, any any other also, thoughts on this Clipper team? Yeah, I think also too, you know, to your point about them not really showing up. Like, I think one interesting caveat to this whole NBA bubble specifically is the the mental fortitude that it takes to actually get through the environment that they're currently in. And when you think about it, it's it's a totally different environment than a normal playoff. And I think that if we were in a, an ideal world, in a, in a normal world, the Clippers probably would have benefited a little bit more from those surroundings as opposed to the mental fortitude it takes to win in a bubble. I mean, Lou Williams going to get hot wings at a strip club is a prime <laughs> example. Not yeah. the best de- decision. So I just think mentally they weren't all there. They weren't fully ready to battle, and it translated to their play on the court, and it's why they're out. Agree. Yeah, easy. What were you going to say there? Um, I think a funny – I forget where I read this or who said this or what this was, but I think it's really interesting. Is you see – like like you see what happens when these superstars pick their teams. Like Kawhi like went out and he was like, listen, I want Paul George. But then, yeah. like, it, they did whatever they, they did to get him. But then you have, when, like, when it gets tough, you have a Kawhi who's a robot and doesn't speak. You have Paul George who, like, isn't known for, like, getting in people's faces and being very high intensity. And then, like, that, like you know, you need guys who are going to step up and do that. And as much as you think Pat Beverly is good, he, like, he's just – He's a role player who likes to irritate people, you know, like you need uh, like the LeBrons, like the studs to step in and be like, I got this. Don't worry. Like high intensity kind of stuff. It's crazy. No, yeah, I definitely agree there. It's funny because like you're talking about maybe, you know, them like, you know, they need another player. And I actually read a report that they're looking for like a playmaking guard to join the team. So it's like, oh, okay, now you're looking for a playmaking guard. And, like, the interesting thing that came into my mind was, well, there's one that's probably going to be available, and his name is Chris Paul. Can you guys imagine that? He goes back to the Clippers. That would be so funny. Charlie, what do you think this team needs? Like, because obviously there's something lacking there. And, And apparently they think it's a playmaking guard, but interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, look, they 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 have no assets to make a trade, right? So yeah. Oklahoma City owns all of their assets. They're kind of hamstrung on the cap as well. They do have it spread around among, amongst a bunch of guys. But when you think about it, 
you'd have to get rid of some of those key pieces to potentially <sighs> sorry guys got that Alexa going yeah it's so annoying unplug, unplug this thing when you think about it you know they've got caps spread around to a bunch of different guys so if they have to get rid of one of those guys it breaks up the team and then it just becomes a lot less attractive once they start getting rid of those guys I mean I don't know who they need I think as they need a leader and Paul George did not step up. And as you said, Kawhi is just a silent personality. So I don't know who the true leader of this team is. That's a good point. I, I think with like Paul George, like I, there, on every team he's been, I guess when you go back to his days with the Pacers, he was kind of like the guy. I mean, they never really went that far. So like, I don't I'm not I'm not even sure how I feel about Paul George now like after that playoff run and it seems like he didn't really show up to play but uh easy what are you thinking here what do you think this team needs I mean I'm with Charlie I don't even know like what are they going to be able to get I feel like Marcus Morris is a free agent they gave up a first round pick for him Montrez Harrell's a free agent um and I feel like they're forced to kind of run it back and they pick up like that mid-level veteran dude and just hope it clicks this year because they're, they're kind of stuck. Yeah. There's no real wiggle room there for that team. <clears throat> you, you know, they could buy a first round or like second round pick or something, but still you're relying on a guy like that in the playoffs. Like it's tough. Yeah. It's, they're in a sticky situation for sure. I don't see how they can really add like a legitimate asset or a leader to their team, judging yeah. by what they have available. But I mean, we'll see. I don't even know what to say about that team. Doc Rivers has his hands full there for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about, let's swing it back over to the East coast. Some interesting news with Brooklyn hiring Stevie Nash as its head coach which I thought was pretty wild. But, uh, Charlie, what are you thinking on that hiring? I mean, kudos to Golden State for matching up Nash with KD while he was there because clearly that paid dividends, and I think that's a key reason why he's over there. I mean, look, I think it's going to be really interesting. He was a great leader on the floor. I mean, phenomenal, you know, commander of of the team and, and had some great years in Phoenix and obviously in Dallas too. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the personalities with KD and Kyrie if they start to lose a little bit and start to get a little bit of scrutiny in terms of what they're, you know, looking to do in a season, which is obviously win a championship and maybe they're, you know, on a little bit of a skid and and how they respond. And obviously he doesn't have any experience coaching in the NBA. But look, I think it obviously trends towards what you see now with coaches that are extremely friendly with players and and it's what these players want now they they want somebody that they feel extremely comfortable with and somebody that they know is is really viewed more as a a a co-worker and and not a boss that's true easy i know you're a big stevie nash guy what are you thinking about this so yeah i mean i love steve nash 
but I feel like this has, this only goes two ways. This is like Steve Nash becomes the next Steve Kerr or he's the next Derek Fisher. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's only two ways it goes. There's no way the Nets are going to be mediocre. Like, um, either he comes in and they win and he handles the personalities and whatnot. But, I mean, dude, we don't even know how the media is going to be. When, when have the Nets been good? They haven't really been good since Brooklyn, since they've been in Brooklyn. So, like, will there be a ton of media stuff between these guys? Probably. Can they handle it? I don't know. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I was, like, pretty shocked when Steve Nash got the job. I thought for sure they would be looking for a coach that has experience because having a first-year coach – and, like, I understand that Steve Nash had this relationship, you know, as a consultant with the Warriors, but that's a lot different than, like, day in, day out. Like, you have to deal with these – you have to manage these egos. These are two huge egos that he has to manage – Plus, plus like a whole other roster who like, you don't know what you're going to get from KD. Like, sure, he could come back and be like KD of old or like he might not, you know, he might have lost a step. Kyrie, again, kind of the same thing, like both coming off injuries and that rest of the roster, like a lot of those guys are free agents and like they didn't really get anywhere. I mean, I, I know they made the playoffs barely, but it's not like a roster ready to, like, win a championship. Um, so he's going to have to, like, do a lot of, like, actual, like, X's and O's coaching. And that, that I feel like that's hard for, like, a, a rookie coach, a guy who's never done it at, like, any level to step in and have to manage those egos and, like, the rest of that roster. I find it kind of – like mind blowing that they would go with a rookie coach. Charlie, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts on, on that right there? Yeah, Kev, you got a a couple of really great points there. First off, I mean, when you look at the roster, DeAndre Jordan is not a three. Who is the third star on this team? Is it (laughs) Karis LeVert? Yeah. I mean, really, who is the third star on this team? Also, Joe Harris is a free agent. Don't, don't underestimate Joe Harris and the teams that are going to be interested in him on the free agent market. And I sort of compare, you know, the UVA alignment of Malcolm Brogdon and Joe Harris together. Malcolm Brogdon was a really, really key piece of that Milwaukee team in the past. Look what happened. They got rid of him. He went to Indiana in the offseason last year. And Milwaukee could have used his production in the playoffs this year, and it was ultimately probably a bad move. He was probably – Joe Harris was probably a a, a key piece on a lot of wins for Brooklyn this year, and they shouldn't get rid of him. They should re-sign him, but they don't have a third star. It's just KD and Kyrie, and that's it. And it's – you're right. They're they're not going to get a a coach who's extremely well-versed in game planning and X's and O's and has that experience. And also, too, what happened to player development? Did they just cut that out of the equation in Brooklyn? You know, they were so lauded for their player development under Kenny. Is that just abandoned now? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how he builds the program. It's a really good point on the player development side of it because, like, I kind of feel they're going to now, like, kind of do that Miami Heat thing, right, where it's like, 
okay, you have these stars. Now you have to put some veterans around them or guys who like have done it before. You know, you always need those like, uh, you know, mid-level exception guys, like those veterans. Easy. What are you thinking about this roster and how Steve Nash is going to like work with it? Well, I have the utmost faith in my boy, Steve Nash. So (laughs) first off, I think they might even go like 81 and one, 82 and 0. We'll see. (laughs) But, um, no, I mean, listen, I want to root for him, but then he's, he's also on the net. So it's like, fuck you. So it's like, (laughs) it's a tough, it's a tough dilemma, but, um, A lot, a lot really comes down to what ver- versions of the stars, like, do you get? Do you get a locked-in Kyrie and, like, even an 80% Kevin Durant? Because then, like, honestly, who cares? Who cares? If you're getting that, who cares about Levert and Dinwiddie? And, like, you'll find guys to catch and shoot threes and, and score. You know, it's going to be, like, what the Lakers are like two stars and you'll figure out the rest um so a lot's gonna come down to what version of those guys you get but um i hope nash is able to like manage them both are head cases it's that's the that's the thing dude like we were just talking about this with the clippers and like needing that leadership who is that guy with the nets it's not kd not Kyrie. Kyrie's got – he's a looney tune. Like, he's not – you know, I don't know. Like, that, that that's a tough – I would think that's a tough situation for a coach that's never done it before to walk into. But, uh, Charlie, what do you think about that, like, the leadership aspect on this team? Yeah, Kev, that's a great point. Like, if I have to hear KD say one more time that he just wants to hoop and then go home and play video games, like, I may just <laughs> – jump off a bridge like dude be a leader like step up like be that guy Kyrie's out thinking that the you know the earth is flat and you know whatever (laughs) else trying to start his own cryptocurrency business so I mean you've got Kyrie doing whatever he's doing so it's like yeah you bring up a great point who is the leader is it KD I mean is he going to step up into that role I mean it you saw what Kyrie did in Boston like the second he wasn't feeling it he was a total psycho. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, especially, like I said, if they start to go on like maybe a three, four, five game losing streak, you know, what, what, what is it, what does it really feel like over there? It's going to be a little bit different for them. Yeah, definitely. uh, Definitely agree. And like, you know, if I'm a younger player and I work with Kenny and, you know, like Levert, like even Joe Harris and like, I feel like these guys got better with Atkinson as a coach. And then you're kind of like reading all these reports about like Durant kind of like Durant and Kyrie not liking Atkinson. And then like Durant had this relationship with Steve Nash and now Nash is the coach. I don't know. I don't know how I would feel if I was a a teammate where like you kind of see that these two guys are really pulling all the strings here. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It should be an interesting offseason for them as well. Uh, interested to see who else they, they bring into that roster. Uh, you guys got anything else on, on the Nets and Stevie Nash? Oh, let's get to the games, go Knicks. baby. Yeah, go Knicks. <laughs> go New York, go New York, go. Yeah, let's keep it on the East Coast. Let's throw it over to the Celtics and Miami Heat. 
after last night's game, the Heat up three to one. No I'm, I'm not surprised. You guys might be. But my pick to win the whole damn thing, the Miami Heat, are up three games to one. Charlie, what are your thoughts on the series? I got to get to South Beach ASAP, fellas. <laughs> I, I bet it is lit watching yeah. these games down there. Uh, I mean, Tyler no Hero masks, was no huge. Nothing. <laughs> Tyler Hero was huge last night. I mean, 37 points. Crazy game. Uh, I mean, also, too, uh, you, you can just see the chemistry on this team just seeping out. I mean, you saw Jimmy today show up to practice in Tyler Hero's high school jersey. Like, uh, they really have bonded together <laughs> as a team, awesome. I think especially in the bubble. And I think it's really benefited them. And they're a team, like I said to my previous point, with the Clippers sort of falling apart in this environment, I think that Jimmy being a leader and and sort of getting these guys together, I think they've been a team that's actually thrived in this environment. And I think you're seeing that translate, obviously, to their play on the court. Um, I mean, I think Jimmy has been really great. I think he needs to look for a shot a little bit more. Um, I'm also concerned about Bam. Bam's been a phenomenal player for them in all of these series since they got back in the bubble. And I know he got a little, a little bump and bruise last night on his arm. So I'm curious to see what turns out of that. But I mean, also too, just great production from their guys, Duncan Robinson. Let's give it up for Jay Crowder too. I know he catches a lot of shit. He's been on every team under the sun the last three <laughs> years, but he's obviously, he's one of their most efficient three point shooters. Uh, especially in this series, and they're really looking for him on the three. So Miami's really – they're really humming right now. Easy, what are your thoughts, bud? I know you're on the Tyler Hero train. Yeah, so I, I want to – this might be a little odd, but I'll explain it. I, I want to start this out. I want to pour one out for my boy Tyler because we do pour have Pour one to, out? Yeah, I know. It's a little – it's upsetting. Do you realize – what he missed if this game was at home he had a he had 37 points in the eastern conference finals he showers then goes out in south beach (laughs) can you imagine a night on the town after scoring 37 in miami oh boy i don't know 2020 man it's just continuously yeah that's uh that one, I really feel for him because that, dude, can you imagine that? A home game, that would have been incredible. Night of his life. But, um, dude, Jimmy Butler, I think, I, I think he's my new favorite player. I agree. He spun, he's, he spun the whole, like, he kind of did the Kobe thing. Like, he turns, like, being crazy into working out into, like, being cool. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm mean to my teammates, but that's cool. And like, <laughs> it, it works. It works for Jimmy Butler. And like, he hated on everybody. Then he gets to Miami and he's like, I yell at people, but they yell at me back. So it's good. And now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's awesome. Question for you guys. I actually have two questions, but I'll start off with one. Is Tyler Hero the next Clay Thompson? Charlie, let's hear it. <laughs> That is, I've never heard it, but honestly, I could truly believe it. I mean, his his stroke is just incredible. I mean, he was making it rain from three-point range last night. 
I think his defense can improve a little bit to get to Clay's defense because when you think about it, Clay's a phenomenal defender. But I think that his ceiling is 100% Clay Thompson. Easy, what are you thinking on that comparison? Yeah, I'm kind of with Charlie on that one. Like he, he's got to defend like Clay to actually get that comparison. But he's 20. Did you see the the uh, like the stat? The only guy who scored more points at 20 years old in the playoffs was Magic Johnson. He scored 42. Dude, come on! I love love it. I mean, even even if he can't defend, if you come in and you're like the spark plug off the bench that could score. It's needed. Uh, yeah. So, second thing, and one of you guys chime in if you guys know the answer. What do Jamal Murray, Tyler Hero, Bam, and, and Anthony Davis all have in common? Kentucky. All Kentucky. Kentucky. All Kentucky dudes, man. John Calipari running that, that little NBA franchise going on down there. Where's Kevin Knox in that? oh kevin knox is on the street selling hot dogs right now that's a great point but uh i kind of want to flip it over to to the celtics because listen they go down 2-0 and then they have this whole blowout meeting marcus smart calling everybody out and then like they win a game which is great and then they lay an egg yesterday marcus smart lays an egg yesterday he had a terrible game i thought their guard play has been good. Obviously, you know what you're going to get from Tatum and Jalen Brown and probably Kemba, too. I don't see – like, they're giving it a good shot right now. I just don't see how they're going to come back from this deficit. Charlie, interested to hear what you have to say about the Celtics. Yeah, Kev, you bring up some great points. I mean, I think that they just have not gotten – a lot of production outside really of Jalen who played pretty well so far this series. Obviously Tatum has played pretty well this series, but like Kemba has been really just not at Kemba levels, what you would expect in an Eastern conference final. You know, they're not getting a lot of production off their bench as well. Um, You know, it's, it's not really happening for them with their second team. And, you know, I think also too, I mean, you know, Brad Stevens gets, so much love amongst NBA circles in terms of how great a coach he is. And he's one of the smartest coaches in the NBA. And But like, let's give up the love for Spolstra, man. I mean, Spolstra is the second most tenured coach in the league behind Popovich in San Antonio. He's been there for a long time, but started in the video room actually with our boy Fizz. So he's developed a phenomenal program there and it's just showing you He's almost out coaching Brad, and it's really sort of interesting to see them and how they're game planning against each other. Yeah, I think it also shows like, you know, Spolstra's won it, man. Like, he's been there, done that. He knows what to do when it comes to, you know, to these games. But, uh, Easy, what are you thinking on the Celtics, man? Um, I think, well, first off, the funniest thing is that, I mean, whenever you watch one of these games, they, they constantly remind you how old. Tatum is he's only 21 and it's like it's like all right we like we get it but like in that regard it's also insane how like he's the number one option on the second time he's in the eastern conference finals and he's 21 you're like jesus but uh it's funny like 
you really you're you at least i'm not noticing like how small like kemba is yeah they've been picking on him on deep defense even like tyler hero euro stepped him last night like dude they're picking on him and it's like like kemba's a g but it just you can't eat size can't eat size i mean Speaking of size, one name I want to bring up here that's gotten no, basically no time on the floor is our boy Ennis Cantor, who seems Love to it. be taking his normal playoff position on the bench because he can't play any defense. But Charlie, what do you think this Celtics team needs to do to like get back in this series? Should they really consider bringing Taco Fall in off the bench? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. See what he could do. Just, just put him, him right. Lane. Just put him right in the lane and just clog it up the whole time. Uh, no, I mean, look, they've got to get. They've got to get serious. I mean, look, three-one. It's it's do or die now. The Heat are motivated. They've got swag. They've got confidence. They've got their number in terms of knowing where to go on the court, how to space things out, how to get their shots. I think Jimmy's just sort of been slicing and dicing the defense and distributing, and it's really been interesting to see what he's doing with the ball and and sort of creating for his teammates, which is is a a new phase, I think, to part of Jimmy's game instead of Jimmy for the Bulls just wanting to consistently dominate on his own. Um, You know, for me, I I think the Heat closed it out easily in the next game. Um, I see the Celtics going out, and I see them going back to the drawing board. Um, and I think they've got some real evaluating to do. I think that they've got they've got to revamp their bench, and and they've got to figure out you know where where they're going to go with this, and and sort of what they're going to do, and and how they're going to shape this team. Because I feel like their team is sort of in in flux right now a little bit. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel great. Easy, yeah, easy. What are you thinking about that? Panic signs in Boston. I love it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. They'll rebuild and be back in the finals in two years. Um, but no, I mean, I think, honestly, I'm, I, I think they're uh, – see, I think they're going to win the next game. Okay. I, I think they'll win the next game. I think it always takes Hayward a couple games to come back and actually be Hayward. I mean, he, he, like, he did have a good game in game four. Yeah. But as much as I love him, I, I doubt Tyler Hero's putting in 30, like 37 again. You never know. You never know. I mean, the guy's – he's big dick swinging, so he's got confidence. Yeah, you said it before, man. I do think Kemba is a huge – he's going to have to be that factor if they want to turn it around. Because, again, you know what you're going to get from Tatum and – Jalen, you signed Kemba to come here, like, for these moments. And right now, he's not really showing up. So, Easy, do you think do you think Kemba is the piece that, like, moves them forward? He's going to have to be. Because, like, if you're getting, like, picked on on defense, you better make sure you come down and score 25. Agreed. You know? We'll see, man. It's interesting. Interesting Boston, man. Like, I... I for sure thought coming into this year that they would have been going to the finals. Like, I thought Brad Stevens was, you know, this boy wonder. And to Charlie's point, man, he's getting out coached right now. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, see, I other- think it's – dude, uh, see, that's funny. I thought that they're kind of uh, going – what, what's the word? Uh, like overachieving. 
Really? Boston Eastern Conference Finals. Everyone thought it was going to be Philly or like who, who are the other team or the Bucks. Okay. For for me, you know, going into the year, I, I thought that Jalen Brown and Tatum were going to take that next step. Plus Kemba, I was like, True. oh, okay, like this True. team's got. Charlie, what were your thoughts of Boston like going into the year? Yeah, like my my question is like, do we think they're a complete team? Like as the Celtics sit right now, are they a complete team? Like for me, I feel like they're I feel like they're missing something. You know, Kemba's like obviously. a a great guard, you know, look, he has great production when he's on. I think we always talk about consistency and then obviously he's been extremely inconsistent in the bubble, but like, it just doesn't feel like they're that complete team. I don't know what they're, they're missing something somewhere. Um, And and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is, but it's, it just, I feel like they're missing something from that team and, and really taking it to that next level. Yeah, man. And, you know, to, to the praise that Danny Ainge gets, right? Like, he had all these picks and, like, he's done a pretty good job. But, you know, to your point, it, it doesn't seem like they're a complete team. You know, like, there there's something definitely missing there. I don't, you know, I know bringing in Cantor for, like, that inside presence was one thing. But you can't play that guy any, you know, if the game matters or if it's crunch time, like, he cannot be on the court. He's horrendous defensively. I, I still don't understand how he still hasn't learned to, like, guard a pick and roll. But maybe that's the piece that they need. Maybe it's, like, that inside, kind of like a BAM-type player. But they're definitely, uh, they definitely got their work cut out for them for the rest of this uh, series here. Uh, any other points on uh, the Celtics or the Heat? Let's go right, next. Go heat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go next. All right. I like, I like the, the common theme. Let's go next. Tom, by the way, did you guys see the picture of Tom Thibodeau and um, Mike Woodson at practice yesterday? No. No. Look, looks like Woodson's put on some LBs this offseason. No way. Yeah. COVID hasn't been good to him? No. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. You guys should take a look at those pictures. It's uh, – not looking too good. We'll see how he did. Maybe he's going to get into his off-season routine soon. But uh, let's kick it on over to the Lakers and Nuggets. Uh, I think a pretty entertaining series so far. I still can't believe the Nuggets are actually in this thing. But um, Charlie, what are your what are your thoughts on this series? Yeah, this series is delivering a lot more than I thought it would the first game. I mean, also, too, I think Vegas is responding. Uh, the line for the game tonight is six, and it's interesting the first two are seven and seven and a half. So I feel like Vegas yeah. is feeling a little bit more confident in terms of Denver uh, maybe pulling out a second win. Uh, I mean, look, the Denver got phenomenal production across the board, right? I mean, Jeremy Grant was playing phenomenal defense uh, on LeBron, really sort of giving him a lot of problems. And I think he also dumped in 28 points in the other game. Monte Morris really playing well. Um, Obviously, Jamal Murray elevating to be that complimentary star to Jokic, who, as I said, when I first joined you fellas, like probably my number one center in the league. And I think he's proven it. I mean, guy just wills Denver sometimes to, to W's and, it's been really cool to see him play. And, 
Obviously, I know he's dropped some weight from what he was playing at uh, in the regular season, and it should be interesting because you see these guys start to become a lot, you know, more conscious about getting a little thinner. So it should be interesting if he maybe drops even more weight after the offseason and, and gets even more mobile because then I just see him adding even more to his game and being even more dangerous. But uh, the Lakers are going to be motivated. Um, I was looking at their cap today. I totally forgot they were paying $5 million to Luau Ding. So – but they can use them right now. <laughs> wow. Ooh, well, dang. What a name Dude. blast from the past. What is that, back from like 2014, 2015? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Was Mike Brown the coach then when like they brought him in? Yep. Five million on the payroll this year. Oh, boy. Easy. I know you've been watching this series intently. What are your thoughts, bud? Dude, great series. <clears throat> I love that the Nuggets won last night. I love that they're going to win again tonight and even the series up 2-2. Okay. Um, well, unless Adam Silver pull, like comes out and pulls a stern and is like, listen, n- ain't no way I'm having a Heat Nuggets finals. <laughs> You better get me uh, one of the big cities in there. Um, yeah. But, yo, it's good. I don't know. I like it. Jokic is holding his own against AD. Um, really pissed me off watching Dwight Howard run around and, like, just be irritating on the floor. I'm so happy Toward, that that's Towards Jokic? Yeah, like, game one and two, he was just being a dick, and he was, like, talking shit from the sidelines and – kept fouling them and then game three they started calling those fouls and it's like all right it's about time is that dwight howard's role now yeah pretty much pest and and catch lobs yeah big fall from grace there (laughs) so uh, you know just watching you know going into the 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 series i kind of thought the lakers were going to run away with it just because They've like they obviously Jamal Murray has come on to be like out of out of his mind right now. He's playing great, but the Lakers have you know they play James Harden kind of that you know guard type player. They've got they've had to guard against Dame Lillard, so they're kind of used to having to guard against that you know one guy like that. But now you have like Jokic. I think we've all mentioned his name. He's definitely the key for the Nuggets. So. I do think that Jamal Murray has to keep playing the way he's playing, but definitely the key for me uh, is Jokic and seeing what he could do there. But on the flip side, question for you guys, is AD the best player that LeBron has played with in his career? Charlie, what are you thinking? False. The best player he's played with is Dwayne Wade. Ooh, okay, okay, easy. Uh, so right now I'm with Charlie. It's gotta be Wade. Wade won a ring by himself. And then he had two rings with LeBron. But if AD wins this year, I know it's only one just from a pure like talent and just height and skill set, I think it has to go to Davis. Yeah. I think I agree with you easy. I mean, Charlie, you make a good point. It's not like I forgot about Dwayne Wade, but it was like, yeah, but like they also had Bosch on that team and like 
but yeah, you're right. Like he won one without LeBron and then basically LeBron wanted to play with him. You know, that's why I kind of came to Miami, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, I do also think the Lakers are going to keep needing to get that contribution from KCP, which is kind of funny because we were kind of talking shit about him, but I feel like he's kind of turned it on. But he gets absolutely no love from LeBron or the rest of the Lakers team. Easy, I know you caught that. What are your thoughts on him? Um, I Dude, that was so good. So he gets the poke steal and takes it down the court for the layup, and LeBron's like trailing for, for the rebound. And KCP makes in the layup, and it was a tough shot. LeBron just turns around and walks down the court. They call a timeout. I feel like any other player, if that's Davis, that's like a chest bump, high five, ah, we built different, you know, like that whole thing. <laughs> and with him, it's like, fuck out of here. Like, you should have hit that. It's, dude, they don't like him, and he's a clutch guy. It's so funny. That's fun. Yeah, and plus the next time down the floor, he missed a three to, to tie the game, which probably yeah. gave the Nuggets the win, but – Charlie, any, uh, anything else interesting that you're seeing from this series? Yeah, easy. You bring up a great point because they treat KCP like complete shit. And, like, wasn't he a deal-breaker in LeBron going to the Lakers? Like, wasn't, wasn't LeBron's <laughs> agent, Rich Paul, like, yo, you have to take KCP if LeBron's coming to the Lakers and pay him that two-year deal? Like, yep. LeBron treats him like total trash, and his agent got him a gig there. Like, it's just, <laughs> it blows my mind. Um, no, I do think it's cool that when AD hit that game winning three, he called Kobe when he launched it. That's pretty yeah. badass. And, yeah. and I think something that's a pretty cool story. And, and obviously we forget, I mean, I, with, you know, with everything that's happened this year, it feels like this year has been five years, but you know, Kobe obviously passing away in January and, and it is still a cool story, um, you know, regardless, but did they really go to the league about LeBron not getting foul calls? Like, fuck out of here, Lakers. Like, LeBron gets every call in the league. Like, you yeah. really are going and complaining? It's ridiculous. Yeah. he. I couldn't – when I read that, I was like, are you guys serious? Like, he gets every call already. Like, what else do you want from the officials? Like, he's getting that Jordan treatment. Like, come on now. Uh, yeah. But one thing – one thing I wanted to touch with you guys, because the Knicks passed on this guy, and I do feel like if Denver, if Denver wants to come out of this series, they're also going to need to let the reins off of Michael Porter Jr. and just, like, let him go. Easy, what are you, what are you seeing from him this series? So it's funny because he's, he's there and then he's not there, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like that's been his whole issue, right? Um, but like, I think back to, I forget that was last series, the Clipper series before they came back, maybe like game three or four. And he had those comments post game and he's like, listen, we've got to spread the ball around. I need more touches. And it's like, bro, you're a rookie settle down. And then next game doesn't do anything, but in the (laughs) final minute comes down with like a crucial game saving block and hits the go ahead three. Yeah. So, so you're like, ah, all right, man. Like, so I think you're right that they have to uh, kind of grow through like his, this is, this sounds retarded, but grow through his growing pains, you know, yeah. like he's, he's going to mess up, but like, 
you're just going to have to live with it because he's young, and next year you'll have now a big three of Jokic, Porter, and, and Murray. True. Charlie, what do you think about Michael Porter Jr.? Because I, I do feel like they might still have him on like that kind of like minutes restrictions, I guess, coming off that injury. But I'm just saying let the reins off. Let this dude play because I do feel like he, you know, he does make some pretty you know great plays when they actually really need it. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And I, I think two words kind of come to mind, especially in this series for him, and it's been timidness and nervousness. Like, I feel like he's, like, timid and nervous out there on the court, and he's really just trying to, like, move the ball around and, and not really look for his shot aggressively and, and not sort of be aggressive on the offensive end and almost not to mess up. And I think, you know, Easy, you made a great point. Like, they're just going to have to sort of work through whatever he does. He's going to mess up. He just needs to sort of be in the mindset that, look, I'm going to shoot. I may miss it. I may airball it, but fuck it. I'm still going to shoot it and keep shooting it. And then he's going to start to get in a rhythm. And then you're going to see him have a, a big first half like he did a couple of weeks ago where I think he dropped 15 in the first half and unfortunately didn't score another one after that. But, you know, I think he has the tools. He's still a rookie, even though he obviously sat out all of last year. So, He's going to put it together. He just needs to be able to, to shoot freely and know that, that they're going to drop, but just keep shooting. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, just kind of like looking at the Lakers roster, just kind of scrolling through here. I know we talked about this before, but it kind of brings me back to the Nets where it's like, well, maybe they can just put together a bunch of dummies and like maybe they can make the finals because <laughs> that's what the Lakers got going on here. I mean. It's funny just looking at this roster, but uh, easy. What are what are you thinking here? What do the Lakers need to? Who do they need to get going to like really come out of this series, but also like take it all the way? Dude, I love that this is still a thing. A playoff Rondo. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's twenty twenty, and like playoff Rondo is still a topic of discussion. It's been like eleven years. It's crazy. Um. But yeah, I mean, if he he's been playing, he was playing really well last series, uh, the beginning of this series as well. That I mean, they need him. I mean, it's crazy to say, but like when he comes out there, you you could tell that LeBron now plays off ball. He's down in the post. It's just like it's a lighter load for everybody because he just runs the show. Yeah, Charlie, what do you think? How about the Nuggets? What do you think they need to do now to really you know make it past the, the Lakers right now? Yeah, and I think it's exactly what they had in, in the last game, and it's production all the way down the board. They need the bench production to step up and, and really be there from a scoring perspective. They need lockdown defense on LeBron, and, and that creates a, a little bit of a situation between LeBron and AD and not being able to play off of each other. Um, look, if, if one or two of their bench players are off and not having a good game, you know, I feel like the Lakers, look, LeBron and AD are good for at least 60 points between the two of them in, in any game. And, you know, they're going to get some production from their bench, depending on whether it's, it's Caruso or, or obviously, you know, KCP as well. So they've got to shut down LeBron in, in that way and, and prevent him from, from getting just touches on the ball. And they've got to get production from their bench all the way down. So question for you, prediction time. I know it seems like we're all going for the heat here. Uh, I know I am, but this series, 
how long you think this series goes and who's coming out of it. Charlie, what do you got? Hey, Charlie. I've got Denver winning the next game and evening the series at 2-2. But then I've got the Lakers winning the next two and winning 4-2. Gotcha. Okay, easy. What are you thinking? Man, look at that. I was going to say Lakers in six. As much as I love Jokic, I want the Nuggets to win. I think LeBron's like the Clippers aren't in it. I got a path to the finals. He could smell the ring. I don't think he's I don't think he's losing this series. So Lakers in six. Yeah, I'm going with you guys. I definitely think the Lakers are gonna come out of it. It's gonna be interesting to see, you know, LeBron versus Jimmy Butler, because that'll just be hysterical. But I actually think the Lakers are gonna win in five. I think kind of Denver gave them their best shot. Uh, and they barely squeaked that one out. So uh, I think the Lakers are gonna come out and take the next two kind of move on kind mm. of easily. But uh, close games or you're, or you're saying like blowouts? No, no, close games. But I do think the Lakers will, will come out of this. Uh, and we're going to get a Lakers Heat final, which should be pretty great. Yeah. If that's the case, Love it. Easy, easy, what are you thinking? What are you thinking if it's the Lakers and the Heat? This is – it's all about LeBron, baby. Oh, get wow. that ring. Get that ring. Dude, year 17, I've come full circle. I hated LeBron forever. I'm, I, I love him now. Dude, if he could win in year 17, it's ridiculous. Charlie, what are you thinking if, if it gets to Lakers and Heat? Yeah, I think Lakers and Heat is, is a really great final. I think the Lakers could potentially edge them out. But I wonder how LeBron feels about winning the title against Miami. Like, I'm pretty sure Miami retired his jersey. Like, I don't know what the relationship's been post him leaving to go back to Cleveland. Like, I know he's he's never said a bad thing about Miami in the press, and and he's always said his time there was really was really good. So I wonder how he feels about winning a winning a title against his old team. It's it's interesting, but I, I I do see them potentially edging the heat out uh, you know, if they do actually both get to the finals. That, that's how I see it. I think I'm going to go with my boys. I'm going to go with Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler yeah. to out in a seven-game series to take the title, bring the title back to Miami. Which also, like, that would just – so, see, I just said I love LeBron. The LeBron hater in me would love that finals record. What does that come to then? That's like he's three and like seven in the finals or something like that? Yeah, it's something close. Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on. It's Peyton Manning-esque. Ooh. Peyton Manning. That's not nice. Well, that's <laughs> not good. The guy. <laughs> All right, boys, anything else you guys want to cover before we, we shut this one down today? Any final thoughts? It's been, an, it's been an entertaining bubble. I mean, I know, look, the, the precedent is, is totally, you know, we would have never known that this is how we'd actually be playing out the postseason. But it's been really entertaining watching the bubble. And, and I've definitely enjoyed the coverage and, and how they, they covered it being down there. It's, it's, it's definitely been a really cool experience. Easy. Any final thoughts here? Big fan of the bubble. Viva la Tyler Hero. 
And Jokic is coming out big tonight. All right. I'm just going to leave it with uh, go Knicks. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> go Knicks. Go Knicks. I'll see you guys next time. All right, peace. Later. <laughs>